This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased, as always, that you are here with me today. We've got a fascinating show in store for you today, one I've actually been really looking forward to uh, since I I got my guest booked on today. Um, But we're going to start off a little bit differently today. Yes, I know you're used to my quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham, but it's a new day, a new dawn, and I decided to, today would be a good day to try something different. So I'm actually going to read <clears throat> from my book, yes, Everyday Awakening. Um, I hope you'll forgive me the indulgence, but uh, I just thought that the, the, the sections in the book are nice and short. Um, many people have been giving me some really great responses to it. So I thought instead of reading my quotes of the day, like I usually do, uh, to read uh, just a short section from the book. And I'm going to start with the very first one, which is entitled, We Are Perfectly Imperfect. It is easy to fall into the trap of thinking that there is something wrong with this. It's not unusual to feel that we are broken and need to be fixed. That is not the truth. Actually, we are perfect exactly the way we are. This does not mean we we do not desire to do better. What it is really about is accepting ourselves exactly the way we are without judgment or criticism. We all feel not good enough. We all feel unworthy, at least until we do our work. Um, The thing is, that's usually our greatest gift. It may seem counterintuitive, yet the very things we are trying so hard to change are our greatest assets. We just have to learn how to reframe and reinterpret that part of our lives. Our faults and our flaws are what make us human. They make us relatable to other people. We can empathize with each other's pain. Sure, we can learn to do better, and there is nothing wrong with wanting to improve. In fact, working on ourselves is the greatest work of a lifetime. Yet we don't have to judge ourselves in the process, or others for that matter. We are not here to beat ourselves up or pick at every little mistake we make. It is primarily through our mistakes that we learn and grow. There is nothing wrong with making a mistake. So let's find a way to stop marinating in our misery and see ourselves as being perfectly imperfect to celebrate our mistakes as much as we celebrate our successes. Let's not just be, be, let's, let's be not just a little kinder to ourselves, but a lot kinder. Life is meant to be joyful, not painful and demeaning. Let's let our light shine, even though the dark spots are visible. Being real is a lot easier than living up to some false ideal. So can you start to cut yourself some slack, not be so hard on yourself starting today? Mm. So that's the very first uh, section uh, in the book, Everyday Awakening, available on Amazon and all over the place. And I just thought I would start sharing. um, I mean, there's 126 sections in the book. So it's going to take a couple of years to get through it. But I just thought I would start sharing that. And uh, I hope uh, my loyal listeners, yes, Patty, I see you on the Facebook Live. Thank you for joining us. Um, But I just hope my loyal listeners appreciate it. Uh, Let me know, of course, your comments, your questions. Um, 
And yeah, I think this is a big lesson for all of us. Like we, 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 we are perfectly imperfect. And just because we feel like we want to do better, we know we can feel better. We know we can achieve more, do more, or just be better in our own skin. Yes. And that does not mean there's anything wrong with this. And that does not mean that we are not perfect. Indeed, I'm a big believer that this whole universe and life is perfect. We just don't have the perspective to see that perf- uh, perfection. So um, just something to think about. Um, think about it, stew on it, let, let it sit with you and see uh, how that resonates with you. And I actually think it was a pretty good <laughs> uh, section for what we're going to be talking about today and who we're going to be talking to. So it is my pleasure to welcome to the show, psychoanalyst, mental health counselor, and author, Charles Winninger. Uh, uh, did I get the last name right, Charles? I pronounce it Winninger. Winninger. Ah, okay, Winninger. Uh, So Charles is a licensed psychoanalyst and mental health counselor specializing in relationships and communication skills. He's recognized as the love doctor by the New York Times and Newsday. He's been treating couples and individuals in his Manhattan and Brooklyn office for over 30 years. He sits on the board of advisors of the Psychedelic Education and Continuing Care Program at the Center for Optimal Living in New York City. Yeah, I heard so many wonderful things about the center. Uh, for the past 20 years, uh, Charlie has been a member of the Multiple Indicinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, or better known as MAPS, which funds research into the use of MDMA as well as other um, substances for treating such things as P- PTSD, social anxiety, depression, and other ailments. As a former hippie of the 60s, he's lived through multiple eras of the psychedelic culture and carries with him the same spirit of peace and love today. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about his journey and his uh, recent new book, Listening to Ecstasy, The Transformative Power of MDMA. Well, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Charlie. Thank you, Sam. It's great to be here. It's wonderful to have you. It's wonderful to have a a fellow traveler, uh, as they say. Um, so, uh, okay, you're a child of the 60s. Um, how did you first get introduced to these, I don't know, how shall we call them, mind-altering substances, heart-altering substances? I mean, what kind of brought you sort of into this world, and, and why did it ultimately become something so important to you? Well, I got swept along in the 60s with a... Uh that wave of uh, psychedelic revolution and uh, was found myself experimenting with various compounds and uh, LSD and and mushrooms and mescaline. And uh, I, they did me some good at the time. I didn't really know how to work with them, Mm -hmm. but they seem to have a message, which is, uh, one particular experience when when I was coming down from the mescaline, it seemed to be saying to me, "Come back sometime. We've more to show you." <laughs> and I never forgot that. So uh, I came back uh, in the eighties and the nineties, and especially in this century when I really learned about MDMA mm-hmm. and how when used correctly and only when used correctly, it can be of great benefit to my personal growth and to my relationships and to my outlook on the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you're a little bit older than me, not a lot, but a little bit older than me. And I kind of feel like people of my generation above, like I kind of missed out on the, the club rave scene. I, I was already like working and busy. Um, but uh, like you in, in high school, I was exposed to a lot of uh, things like that. And, and it was very, very common at the time. Um, and yeah, it was interesting because before I had my own experiences I was very much a a sort of a nerdy little kid. And then after my experiences, it's all of a sudden I started exploring the more creative sides of myself and, and started sort of opening up and relating to people differently. Um, And while I, I can now look back and say, Oh, like 
there was a lot of escapism in there. That was me trying to like get away from the rea- what I didn't like about reality. Yet at the same time, there was still some deep learning. There was some shifts. There was some something that was happening underneath. Um, yet now, when I look at things and I see this resurgence of of interest in it, and and it and it's really quite fascinating. It, it over the last you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, that really there's such a renewed interest in the healing properties of all of these substances. And not just the healing properties, but also the uh, ability of the, some of these things to enhance our creativity and to actually help us to live better, that it's not always about having to deal with trauma, though we're going to talk about that. Um, but it can also be about just living a better life. Well, yes. And what I have found, and it's has sort of been the easiest lesson of my life, mm-hmm. is that uh, what, what we call recreational use of drugs does not have to be frivolous. Mm. A better word for it, I think, is celebrational use. Ah, okay. And uh, I have learned that fun and play and joy can in themselves potentially be transformational experiences. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I actually, I, I, I didn't read it today, but there's one short section in my book that talks about how play can be deep work. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And what I love about uh, a, 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 a chemicals, or I prefer the word medicine, medicine. like a- MDMA, is that it's incredibly versatile. It can be used at an all-night rave, like you just mentioned, <laughs> to dance the night away in wild abandon with a thousand other people. Or it can be all the way over on the other side of the spectrum, can be used in clinical trials right now uh, to treat post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, Mm -hmm. for people who are in horrible shape from war or sexual abuse, and it's healing them so so well that at the current, um, uh, the, 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 the current rate of research, MDMA is going to be a prescription medication by 2023. Ah, okay. Another cup, just another couple of years. Did it, I, I think I recall hearing that it achieved what's called breakthrough status by the FDA. That's right. That's right. Which means that they're simply fast tracking the research because it's having such phenomenal results, especially with veterans. Uh, yeah. And there's a terrible problem in this country with with veterans who suffer from PTSD, 22 veterans a day take their own lives lives. in this country. Yeah. So yes, uh, anything that can treat this uh, is life-saving medicine. And that's why it's being fast-tracked. Yes, yes. And, 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 and MAPS, the multiple, multiple, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies has been at the forefront of all of that research. They've done tremendous with raising funds and 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 really putting a lot of effort and lobbying for it. So I really applaud them. Um, and and I've been to the Horizons Conference, uh, which um, you know usually many of their researchers uh, present there. Um, you know, let's let's. I want to take a break at this point. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about sort of your your sort of professional life and then sort of um, how, uh, you know, being involved with this kind of research, like how that may have affected sort of your professional life and sort of where we see things going and then getting to your book from there. Okay, great. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Charlie Winninger, um, author of the book, Listening to Ecstasy, The Transformative Power of MDMA. And we will be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and maybe more importantly, what happened. So that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc. And we're all over Facebook Live and on all the podcasting platforms. So look for us if you want to catch any back episodes. And we're talking today with Charlie Winninger. Um, now, Charlie, you're a psychoanalyst. Have, have you? Was that like your profession, like when you got out of college? Did you decide to become a psychoanalyst uh, at a young age? Or was that something you came, went into later? I came into the realization that I wanted to be a therapist at age 40. Oh. In the middle of my life, it was a midlife crisis. <laughs> I had done everything and, uh, that, that you can imagine from driving a cab to being a salesperson to being an executive recruiter. And that's what I was doing oh. uh, up through the early 90s, actually, well, up through the, uh, the late 80s, actually. Mm -hmm. making more money than I knew what to do with, but feeling kind of empty inside mm -hmm. and realized at age 40 that this is not how I wanted to live my life. And move, mm -hmm. There must be more to life than this. So mm -hmm. uh, I decided to become a therapist and never looked back. And it was uh, the best decision of my life. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's not... <laughs> I mean, people do change careers and they change jobs and stuff throughout life, but that's a pretty radical change. So that, that's pretty brave of you. And um, over the last, uh, so, so it's been what, about 30 years, a little over 30 years that you've been doing it. Um, have you seen a difference in the people who come to see you in terms of, I mean, are people just dealing with like the same fundamental issues or has there been any sort of intensification or change in, in, in the kinds of challenges people come to see you for? There's an intensification, Sam, in the, uh, in the degree of alienation and loneliness mm. within individuals and the lack of good communication between couples. Ah. 
So uh, I've seen an increase in that, and that's due to the world as, as we know it now, where uh, people uh, spend their lives behind screens, even, of course, before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and uh, don't really know how to honestly and authentically speak to others. Right. Uh, and so that's where I come in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Or even just be present with another human being. We're so uh, stuck on these little screens on our phones that we're not really seeing the person that's right in front of us. That's right. Yeah. Um, when did you decide to sort of uh, look into, you know, work with maps and work for the center of optimal living, like focus on, on, on bringing, you know, from your, I guess, stuff from your personal experience, kind of try and find a way to combine it now with your new professional experience of being a psychoanalyst and a mental health counselor. Well, uh, yes, I've, I've done my, most of my growth in my life from, uh, being in my own therapy, mm-hmm. and also from the use of psychedelics, mm-hmm. uh, MDMA, LSD, psilocybin mushrooms, ayahuasca, and uh, they both feed into each other. Uh, they both potentiate the other. Yeah. And so uh, when the new psychedelic renaissance began, at the turn of this century, I decided I wanted to be a part of it. And mm. my wife and I decided to start hosting potluck dinners here at our home every oh. year for the MAPS uh, community here in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Okay. And those have grown exponentially. The first year we had a dozen people in our home. Uh, now we have about 90 to 100 people over wow. four, over four nights. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you must have a pretty big home. <laughs> no. um, and we've helped uh, grow the uh, the MAPS community here in New York and have met wonderful, wonderful people yeah. along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and so what was your inspiration for writing your book, Living to Ec- Listening to Ecstasy? Well, listening to ecstasy is my heartfelt story about how my wife and I ventured into this forbidden world of drug users in the early mm. 2000s in New York and mm. found that world to be enchanted. Ah. Uh, we found the most wonderful people you'd ever want to meet. You know, in school, you're taught, don't hang out with people who do drugs. That's the wrong on crowd. crowd right well at least in my experience and shelley's experience uh, the people who do psychedelic drugs are really the right crowd <laughs> and we have learned they, they've become our best friends they are open-hearted open-minded smart uh, uh well-educated people for the most part who are explorers mm. and it's really opened our lives to friendship and fun and freedom and Mm. has helped us learn how to navigate going from middle age, which uh, we were when we began, uh, Shelley and I, when we began this journey 20 years ago, and Mm. now into uh, senior status. Mm. And we've learned that these medicines can help. Yeah, I, I saw on your website a quote that I absolutely loved. It said, the best part of the psychedelic community isn't the psychedelics, it's the community. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm curious, who are the luminaries in the field that inspire you? Like, like who, you know, when you look at their work and you listen to, to what they, their insights on, on this, like really lift you up? I love that question, Sam. Um, uh, Rick Doblin is a personal hero of mine. I'm of, proud of that, he, that he showed up at my book launch in November. Um, ah. Uh, Sasha Shulgin, the person who brought MDMA into the world in the uh, late 70s, uh, has also, of course, been a big influence on my life because it was so brave, the mm-hmm. experiments uh, that, that, that he began. And um, those are, uh, and, and also Terrence McKenna, yeah, uh, who is uh, certainly uh a luminary uh, sasha shulgin's no longer with us and neither is terrence terrence yeah um but 
uh, he is um, endlessly inspirational, and mm. and of course his talks can be accessed online. Yes, yeah, there's a tremendous amount you can find on YouTube uh, for both of them. Yeah. Um, within the, the the psychedelic community, there's a bit of um, I kind of feel well, there there are maybe multiple uh, sections of it, but I, I would say there's kind of um sort of two main sections one which is really looking at sort of the the medicinal um and i'm going to say that the modern medicinal psychedelics the things like lsd mdma thing, things that are really like created in labs and then there are those who are looking at the more natural medicines like you mentioned psilocybin ayahuasca ibogaine you know things like that um and they both kind of approach things differently, like the way MAPS, uh, the protocol that MAPS has developed for doing MDMA therapy is is very, very different from the way um, many people approach or, or the the way we've adapted, I'll say, the traditional cultures that work with these plant medicines, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's different. Uh, and uh, there's a much discussion in the community about how do we reconcile these differences? How do we honor the traditions mm -hmm. as we adapt them to uh, the North American way of doing things mm -hmm. without ripping them off and without uh, adulterating them? Mm -hmm. uh, this is, uh, of course, of, of, of large concern. Uh, and uh, I am... Uh, really interested in mostly in, in MDMA because it's made such a fundamental difference in my life and in, uh, and in my marriage. Mm. Uh, and so uh, I'm not so much concerned about the difference between the plant medicines and the chemicals uh, because I think those differences aren't as important as the effects mm. that these medicines, that all these medicines have on our consciousness. Okay. All these medicines, in my experience at least, help when used correctly, and only when used correctly, mm -hmm. uh, can help one open their heart, open their mind, radically realter their priorities in life to really uh, honor nature, honor mm -hmm. the other, honor other people, honor one's uh, love uh, interests uh, one's romantic partner and honor oneself uh, one's own soul as well as one's mm. own emotional makeup so so you're a a, a professional right you're a, in a way a, a sort of a, a scientist do you consider yourself someone who is spiritual or just someone who's enlightened <laughs> oh well I, I I don't think I'm enlightened. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I'll get there. Give me two or three more lifetimes and I'll get there. Okay. On the path. Um, I, 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 I think of myself as spiritually oriented as well as psychologically oriented mm -hmm. uh, because they all have to do with soul. They all have to do with heart. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And And one of the things that I see with, with the power around MDMA is, is it's really about bringing people back to their heart. Yes. And, and I imagine in, in your practice, you've seen how when you're dealing with trauma and dealing with sort of the real challenges of modern life, that most people probably I'm guessing don't really feel safe to be in their heart. Correct. Uh, we've built walls around us and around our hearts to protect ourselves from all the slings and arrows of of outrageous fortune and uh -huh. and all the uh, the, the um uh the, the uh, challenges of living in this modern world right. and you know so we've shut out to protect ourselves we've 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 closed our doors and our windows and uh, isolated ourselves and have suffered from that so mm. mdma is one tool to help mm. us reopen in a safe way mm, mm. yeah beautiful beautiful all right there, there, there's so much in what you just said that i really want to dive in deeper um we do have to take another break when we come back i, I just want to hear a little bit more if you're willing to share on your personal experience you mentioned about your relationship with your wife and how the mdma helped with that 
and and about um, and I would like to also talk a bit more about um, why um, it's so necessary today. And, mm. and, and I mean, today in, in the modern world in 2021 and especially today in a pandemic and soon, hopefully in a post pandemic world and and sort of this um, and how it affects our relationship. You mentioned with other people and with nature. I would like to explore that a little bit more as well. OK, sounds great. Wonderful. So, of course, if anyone listening, I, I see you both, Sanaya and Patty, on the Facebook Live. If you have questions around this, please ask your questions on the Facebook Live. Post them right in the chat. I'll get to them. And uh, please stay tuned. You list, You are listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc. And we will be right back after this. You're listening to... Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, we're talking this hour with Charlie Winninger, um, author of the book, Listening to Ecstasy, the Transformative Power of MDMA. Um, uh, Charlie, so you mentioned in the last segment how working with MDMA has helped you a lot with your relationship with your wife. And, I, and, and I'm married and I've done work with my wife as well. She's a psychotherapist. She does things like EMDR and somatic uh, uh, therapies. Um, and so I know the, the power of, of working with your partner. Um, how has using MDMA been a transformative tool for your relationship with your partner, with your wife? Thanks for asking. Um, I like to, I like to give people real world examples. Good, good. Okay, uh, because I do believe that we are living in the midst of a relationship crisis, uh, wow. and uh, it's, it's so much uh, alienation and misunderstanding uh, mm -hmm. between uh, men, men and women, and between all committed uh, partners. There's so much miscommunication. 
my wife and I have found that MDMA can act like a kind of emotional superglue mm. for uh, for our relationship. And other people have, that we know have found the same. Uh, it it's the the chemical of connection. It really helps mm. you connect with yourself and with a partner, and it mm. does so by flooding the the system uh with uh it helps release your own serotonin and oxytocin and all those feel-good chemicals that make you feel safe mm-hmm. with a feeling of immense well-being mm-hmm. so you feel safe enough to at least during that time that you're high drop your defenses open your heart and communicate on a deeper level with your partner without the normal fears and without the normal barriers. Right. Uh, and speaking to to your partner as if that partner is actually an ally mm. instead of an adversary. Uh, and so uh, it, these, they, they're, they're researching now, starting research with MDMA with couples. Uh, mm-hmm. And I look forward to the time that I can give MDMA to my couples yeah. because I'd be able to do six months worth of therapy in a day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've heard that a lot from people that like uh, working with these these substances, it, 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 it like speeds up the therapeutic process like, you know, a hundredfold, thousandfold yes. some. Um, was there anything that kind of came up when the two of you were, were working with this together that really surprised you? Like something, some challenge from your past that you had no clue was still affecting how you relate to people today? Oh, sure. Um, I, I had a challenge of uh, really, the, the psychological term is projection, where I would mm. project my mother onto Shelley. Ah, the poor dear, uh, <laughs> my poor wife, <laughs> um, and I, 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 my own psychotherapy, and also my work with uh, these medicines and MDMA has helped me realize that okay, that's 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 my mother I'm reacting to, who's mm. long gone. That's not Shelley, mm-hmm. um, and I don't have to be this way anymore. Shelley uh, also has learned how to love herself more from the Uh, use of MDMA. mm. And she speaks very openly about her uh, struggling with her weight issues, although I think she's gorgeous and Mm. looks fine to me, but she struggles with these issues. And um, MDMA has helped her accept herself as she is and Mm -hmm. love herself as she is. And as, you know, you were saying about being imperfectly perfect and, you know, she doesn't necessarily give up on the idea of improving her life and improving herself, but she comes from a place more now of of self-acceptance and self-love, which makes her happier. And and when she's happier, you're more having more fun being around her, right? Exactly right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I really want to touch upon integration while we still have a time to talk about it, because integration is really what I've learned from people is, is it's really the, the most key factor. I mean, it's one thing that you go and you work with some substance, you have this peak experience. But if there's not the the work to integrate that into your normal day to day life, it's almost like a wasted experience. That's right. It's uh, the real question is how do you turn these states into traits? Ah. How do you weave <laughs> these experiences into your life? It's mm. like when you go on vacation and you have a fabulous time and you come back and say, "Oh, now it's back to reality." Well, no, mm. if you're having a fabulous time on vacation, how do you learn from that? How do you weave some of that into your life? And, uh, you know, how do you learn that, you know, well, maybe I need to relax one day every week. Maybe mm-hmm. I do need to go to the beach more. Maybe I do need to. Uh, to... So so with with doing MDMA or these other substances, uh, the integration has to do with uh, learning the lessons that 
MDMA, for example, was teaching. That's why I wrote mm. this book. It was teaching me so much. It had a whole curriculum to teach me. Uh, I've done 70 roles now uh, over the past 20 years. A role is what we call an MDMA experience. Uh, and uh, it was teaching me a whole curriculum. So I decided to write this book, uh, listening to ecstasy, because it was talking to me. And one thing it was telling me... You've answered me, my next question already, which is, why did you write the book? <laughs> okay. So it, it was telling me, Charlie, you might have to work hard in your life because you have a lot to, to accomplish, a lot you want to do and say, but you don't have to keep worrying you keep worrying and fretting and have all this anxiety about the future. And if you look at your life, look at it. It's like it's turned out so beautifully. And and you're in, you know, a blessed country uh, at, a, at a wonderful time to be alive. And yes, there are challenges and we all have challenges when you all have tragedies in your life. But basically, if you look at your life, Charlie, this is what ecstasy was saying to me mm -hmm. uh you've been really phenomenally safe your entire life mm -hmm. yeah. and uh so it it taught me yes the, the the principle of work don't work yes but don't worry and uh and that has helped me relax and uh i integrate this into my life partly by meditating mm -hmm. which helps me alter my relationship to my ang anxious thoughts mm -hmm. to realize that these thoughts are just just thoughts i don't have to believe everything <laughs> i i think <laughs> right absolutely absolutely just because we think it doesn't mean it's true that's right so this is uh one one of the ways uh, that i've integrated these experiences and and you're right integration is the name of the game yeah yeah so Okay, so you wrote the listening to ecstasy because of of what it said to you. Somebody picking up and reading listening to ecstasy, what what do you feel they're going to get out of it? What is your intention behind it for the reader? Well, it's uh, like I say, it's a love and adventure story on one on, on one part, but it's also the last chapter is a guide to safe use for those who want to use ah, it. Okay. It's also telling people about that i am not a doctor i cannot mm -hmm. advocate the use of an illegal substance mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and there's some people who should not ever do mdma mm -hmm. and i talk about that in the book uh, certain particular psychological or physical conditions mean that you shouldn't do it mm -hmm. uh, but there is a guide about it that if you are going to do it how to minimize the risk how to maximize the benefits mm -hmm. and also this is a book that tells you how MDMA can help you. Well, I should put it a better way, how it's helped me and other people I've known mm -hmm. navigate the aging experience, ah. navigate from the 40s to the 50s to the 60s to I'm going to be 72 next month. Oh, and congratulations. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. And um uh, yes, I consider it an accomplishment. I'm proud of it. <laughs> Good. Uh, and so uh, MDMA has helped me with life transitions and showed me how to age gracefully. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, on that note, I think it's a perfect place to take a, a quick break. It's our last break of the show. When we come back, um, I would like to talk a little bit about sort of the, the macro. How can doing this work help us to, as we mentioned earlier, like connect to nature, connect with each other, and potentially maybe solve some pretty big challenges in the world, okay? Cool. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Charlie Winninger, author of the book, Listening to Ecstasy. And we will be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges 
business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking with Charlie Winninger, author of the book, Listening to Ecstasy. And Charlie, we got a question from our audience on uh, Facebook Live. Uh, loyal listener Sanaya asks, when the MDA therapy for PTSD is suggested for short-term use, or is it a lifetime incorporation of drug management? Good question. Uh, it's really for short-term use. And and the best way it's used is with a trained, dedicated sitter who knows what they're doing and has done this before. Uh, and you meet with them several times sober beforehand. And then there's a, a session that's medically assisted with MDMA. And then there's, as we spoke earlier, of the integration process afterwards, which are also sober sessions. And then there might be a second MDMA experience sandwiched in between these. Uh, and But it's generally not necessary to have long-term therapy in this way with MDMA. Often, no, not always, but often uh, two, three, four MDMA sessions sandwiched in between these other ses- sessions does the trick. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Um I was looking at your website and you have some wonderful videos there and I saw one and I haven't listened to it yet, but I saw the title. It says MDMA is a gateway drug. Could that be a good thing? What do you mean by that? (laughs) Well, I, I like to put it that MDMA is not for everyone. It is a gateway drug. It opens the gate to the heart and to a different way of looking at oneself the world and one's life and one's life possibilities. And if you're not ready to really be challenged in that way, it might not be for you. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's not, it can be very difficult work, can it? I mean, because with these kinds of substances, they bring up sort of your deepest, darkest shadows sometimes. And it can be very painful and very challenging to work your way through it. It can be challenging to work your way through the darkness, and sometimes we get blinded by the light, mm. uh, we uh, or, or overwhelmed by the light. You mean I can live so much lighter and freer than I've been living? Oh my God, have I wasted 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years so far? These can be, <laughs> no, seriously, these can be very uh, yeah. uh, disturbing thoughts and uh, and sometimes can be overwhelming that you know, like, how, my God, how long have I been, how long have I been sleeping, you know? Mm. Um, and uh, that can be a, a rude awakening for some people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I saw, and this kind of gets us into sort of the next question, because I saw this other video that says, using an altered state to alter the state. <laughs> and, yes. and so 
you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about how this is the quote unquote medicine to save the planet in a way like, like, and, and I don't just mean specifically MDMA, but the psychedelics in general, um, how does working with these medicines change how we see the world and change our relationship to the world around us in a way that can help us solve a lot of these big problems? So many of our problems are ego focused. Mm. Uh, so many of our problems have to do with the illusion of separation that I am in essence, an I instead of a we right. that I am really uh, separate and, and apart from, from, uh, from nature and from the people around me, including the people around me, I disagree with, including the people around me. I disagree with politically mm-hmm. that somehow they are other. Right. Uh, that's an illusion. They're really more like us than we care to uh, acknowledge. Uh, and, uh, and so seeing people as, as different, yeah, people are different. Snowflakes are different from each other. They're all unique, but it's all snow. And right. we are all people. And we have more in common than we have differences. And our commonality commonalities are more important than our differences and these medicines help us see that Mm. by Mm. temporarily dissolving our egos while while we're up there while we're high for those four five six seven eight hours Mm. Uh, and that can when when you look out at the world from that place of your temporarily dissolved ego you see things quite radically different and realize that uh that 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 separation is an illusion Mm. and that the idea of there being uh, the the people out there who are um bad and uh evil and uh because they're republicans or because they're democrats <laughs> or you know that's an illusion too and, right and uh, right. so these medicines can help us realize that yeah w- w- one of the sections in my book is entitled there is no them there is only us Thank you. <laughs> right this idea that there's the us and them no there is no them there is only us it's that's all right. us um, right. And that includes, a... I'm sorry, yeah. uh, let me just uh, say that that includes the natural world, too. We're part mm. of the natural world. I mean, right. Not, what, our bodies are 80, 90 percent water. We're right. part of the natural world. And, and we had better see that uh, as, yes. instead of nature as an adversary so that we can uh, cooperate with nature before we do ourselves in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that I've really come to see a lot in the last several years is how we 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 kind of totally ignore nature. We feel nature is something that needs to be conquered instead of living in harmony with nature, living yeah. in harmony with the seasons. You know, especially like uh, I mean, you and me, we both live in New York City, right? The biggest city in the world, and and we act like the nature almost has no effect on us. Like it doesn't matter whether it's winter or summer or spring, we still act the same. We work just as hard and, and, and we, we, we eat the same food instead of looking at, well, what would really, what is winter really all about? Maybe I should rest a little bit more in winter. You know, what, what is fall all about? Maybe that's where I should put my effort in, in reaping what I've sown. And, and, and just we've so separated ourselves. Um, it sounds like what you're saying is this is a way f- to reconnect ourselves to nature so that we can at least bring it more into our consciousness and realize that like our our actions, how we live our life, all have an effect on the environment around us. That's right. That's right. And we can positively or negatively impact that environment yes. and learn to live, like you're saying, within the cycles of the natural cycles of the seasons. Right. And the cycles of life, like you mentioned about growing older, that, right. that there's no shame in, in growing older, that it's just the natural part of the cycle of life. That's right. That's right. Uh, I just wanted to briefly ask you, we don't have a lot of time left, um, of the differences, because in the beginning, we, we mentioned a, a few different medicines. So, so there's MDMA and there's LSD. 
and, and I'm wondering if you could maybe quickly describe what would be the difference between that and say psilocybin and ayahuasca, since those are probably like the three main or the three big, uh, four main yes. things that people work with. Well, psilocybin and ayahuasca and LSD are all hallucinogens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, they, they're great visual phenomena uh, and uh, they, they, they uh, dissolve the ego in, in, a, in a certain way. Uh, MDMA is better classified as an empathogen. It mm-hmm. opens the heart, helps you feel empathy for those right in your environment and for uh, humanity as a whole and uh, and compassion and so it's uh, it, it's and it's not hallucinatory mdma right. is not hallucinatory uh, so uh, it's more easier to navigate and uh, you can walk around and people will just think you're having a nice day uh, um, yeah. <laughs> all right beautiful all right we, we, we've just got a couple of minutes left it, it, um listening to ecstasy the transformative power of mdma it's available i'm assuming on amazon all over the place and uh, uh simon and schuster's website too ah simon and schuster okay and and if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about your work how would they find you uh you can go to listening to ecstasy.com and find me there and i'll be happy to hear from you all right. Wonderful. Well, 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 Charlie, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to, to come on the show today. I would love to stay in touch with you. Great. Uh, especially, Thanks. you know, a fellow New Yorker it always <laughs> uh, warms my heart. And Sam, I really appreciate the work that you're doing and the book that you've came, come out with and, and this show. You're really doing a real service for people. And I thank you for it. Mm, thank you thank you and 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 i just uh, as always i thank my loyal listeners and my listeners who've tuned into the show today and i hope you've learned something maybe been exposed to something you don't normally think about uh if this is something that resonated with you or something that you feel is important please feel free to share it with your friends and neighbors um don't keep us the best kept secret around um so thank you all for tuning in thank you charlie and um, please stay tuned. Uh, if you're listening live on talkradio.nyc, coming up next, it's Ken Foster and his show, Voices of Courage, uh, followed later this evening by uh, Graham Dobbin and his show, uh, The Mind Behind Le- Leadership, having a fellow Evolutionary Business Council member on his show tonight. So I hope you tune in for that one at 7 p.m. tonight. And of course, tomorrow, Friday, we've got a whole business block of shows, Philanthropy and Focus. Uh, always Friday, the entrepreneurial web and wise content creates wealth. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got another great guest next week. So we will talk to you next week. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. 
It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.